right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob. Today is Thursday, October 28th, and this is episode 127. I am B Rob, your guide on this journey, and today I'll be joined by Peter Gonzalez. We're going to be talking some Marvel, some MCU, you know what it is. We're going to be talking some Eternals, some Ant Man 3 rumors, Doctor Strange, uh, as well as some Spider Man uh, rumors, as well as Spider Man trivia at the end. So stay tuned for that. Um, should be a f- fun show. If you like what you're listening to, go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts and follow on spotify all right let's get that out of the way now um peter how you doing i'm doing great i'm excited to gear up and get ready for our next marvel flick that's coming up before yeah the world explodes at the end of the year exactly um this is uh with eternals and this is no offense to people who have really liked black widow shang chi eternals this feels like we the last three movies we've had kind of have felt like kind of not as important or just off on the side in a way. If Black, if the Black Widow movie came out when it was supposed to, like if it like aligned with the MCU, I think that would have been felt a lot more important. But Shang-Chi and Eternals, I think it's kind of like the last new thing and then we get all the stuff that we really want. Does that make sense? Because I'm waiting for Spider-Man. I'm waiting for Doctor Strange 2. I'm waiting for Thor. Those are the things I'm thinking about. And I feel like it's kind of screwing over these movies because I'm looking past them already. That's an interesting perspective to have, definitely. Because I what came to mind as you were saying these things is I think these movies are... I feel like Shang-Chi is like Ant-Man in a sense where you're getting a new hero mm-hmm. coming in. And then Eternals is to <clears throat> compare it to your favorite team guardians of the galaxy it's something that's unexpected it's a different it's mm-hmm. totally different and it's again a group of people so i think these two movies are filling in slots that we've seen before in the mcu but yeah. i think because we are in phase four and this is the beginning of this phase as opposed to having you know the iron man's captain america mm-hmm. the thors that are kind of lining up what's happening we're kind of lining up with Disney Plus shows and with these movies to get us to where we're going to go with the characters that we already know and love and are ready for. Mm-hmm. So I think it really lends the opportunity to get to know these new people and kind of see how they're going to fit into the MCU because we can't, all, unfortunately, we're not always going to have our Thors, our Spider-Man, yeah. mm-hmm. our, you know, because you gotta lay it a, it's not a comic book. So it's, that's what makes this so hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I see your point, and I I like that they are telling these individual stories instead of just throwing Shang Chi in an Avengers movie and introducing him in a five minute scene. Um, I like that he's getting we're introducing him that way. So for the future, this is all good, and I agree with what they're doing. It's just been tough waiting for these big films. But let's talk about Eternals. Who are the Eternals? Um, that's probably a question many of you are asking. So Peter and I are going to go through it right now. Um, give you like a brief summary of like basically who these people are. Um, The Eternals are essentially idealized humanoid aliens from the planet Olympia. They're genetically engineered by the godlike Celestials. These particular Eternals were sent to Earth by the Celestials to fight against the evil deviants and defend humanity, and they've been silently keeping watch for the last 7,000 years. So, what does that mean? Celestials. Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember that vision or that thing they see of the giant fucking thing? You know what I'm talking about, Peter? Yes. That is a celestial. <laughs> the giant things. That's like the the head of a celestial is nowhere. Um, 
that's how big these celestials are. Like I'm talking they're bigger than planets in some cases. And so they created these Eternals to to send to Earth to fight the evil deviants. So like do you how how do you feel about like the difference between the Eternals and the Deviants? Because they're both created kind of to like the Eternals were created to stop the Deviants, but the De- Deviants were also created by the Celestials. So some shady shit going on here. It is. It's very much um, playing God type thing where you're like putting these pieces yeah. in play because you want this conflict that you don't really want, but you kind of do so that they kind of a power balance in a sense, which I think is kind of what's happening here. It's like, and especially because the way that the Celestial, I mean, that the Eternals have rules around what they can do in regards to their interaction with humanity. I think that's an interesting, again, power move from the celestial. So many big words in today's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get through, but let's go now through um, the Eternals, Peter. I'll start with Cersei. Real, and you, I was yeah. just going to say something real quick. Um, this is more, this is more the nerdy stuff, but I found it fascinating. So the Eternals were in the comics were dreamed up by um, Jack Kirby who mm-hmm. was coming back to Marvel after spending some time in DC, which I think, I think when you kind of have that in mind when looking at this, it kind of makes sense because the vibes of the Eternals are definitely more of a DC-type situation, Justice, team of League. Justice League vibe. So it's not necessarily what we're used to with Avengers, which look a certain way, you know, Just- Justice League and DC have their own look too. So I think that's an interesting kind of thing to know. Yeah and geek out over as you're looking at this. And that makes the reference to Superman in the trailer all that more interesting, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Because, I bet. I mean, let's be real, Icarus, we'll get to him, but he is the guy who's played by Richard Madden. He's basically Superman. Basically. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not hating. So uh, let's go through the Eternals here, Peter. We got Cersei, who's played by Gemma Chan. Um, she can basically change things and sort of help humanity along the way. She can manipulate non-sentient matter. And she seems to be the only one who has, like, a real love and respect for humanity. And she's actually Dayton, uh, Kit Harrington, who will be playing Dayton Whitman. That is Cersei, who's probably going to be the main character of this movie, wouldn't you say? I think so. I think she is definitely least likely to die in this movie. Oh, yeah. I think she will continue on in the MCU. I think the fact that they... I think what makes this character... I guess it's kind of spoilery. The fact that this character... They brought back Gemma Chan from her role in Captain Marvel to play this role. So it's like you're not going to bring someone back who is a talented actor to play this role if it's just going to be a one-and-done type situation. Yeah, it's a long-term play. Yeah, there's there's things to come for what's going to happen with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now do you want to go through Icarus for me? Sure. So Icarus is, as we talked about, you know, basically Superman in a sense. Mm-hmm. In a way that's different than Captain Marvel. Um, he's obviously also, he's got the connection to Cersei. They've had a thousand, uh, centuries love story throughout the situation where it's on and off, on and off. And he's basically the one that is more leaning, the opposite, I guess, of Cersei. He's more, you know, battle, more like we need to fight these things as opposed to mm-hmm. the harmony with humanity that Cersei doesn't, has. He doesn't and give a played, shit about humanity. Yeah, as we can, if you've seen some of the clips, you can kind of see that. And I think this love triangle that we're going to have, which we haven't necessarily had in the MCU, is going to be an interesting dynamic to see. And Icarus stands no chance. That, My boy Dane Whitman. Kay Harrington, yeah, Jon Snow. 
This is he's not Jon Snow. He's this is this is He's the man. He's still he'll have the sword. I'm telling you now, he will be the best thing okay, to come in these Eternals movies. See, but look, look at it this way. Richard Madden could play Superman. I don't think Kit Harrington could play Superman. Yeah, because Superman's lame. Superman's not lame. Yeah, Superman's the lamest superhero ever. The only way you can kill him is some rock from some planet a billion miles away. That's why Marvel's great. Spider-Man deals with real people's problems. And I would... I, I am not a Superman fan at all. I think Superman's one of the lamest superheroes by far. Because, I mean, come on. You can only kill him with a rock from a planet that's a billion miles away. It's just kind of like, and he can like, I don't know. It's just kind of like too, too powerful for me. And I like the more down to earth. I mean, down to earth. He has fucking spider powers. But um, so I'm fine that Richard Madden can play that. That's fine. Kit Harrington, this will be, the, the Black Knight will be sick. See, I think my thought is I think I'm going to like the character Kay Harrington is playing better than the character Richard Madden is playing. But I think I like Richard Madden better than Kay Harrington. That'll change. That'll change. I mean, I my Twitter name is literally that. named after uh, Richard Madden's character in Game of oh, Thrones. Oh, Richard I don't think you did. It's Rob Stark. Like, uh, I say, oh, so wait, I'm so confused. I'm lost now. Yeah, well, so... Richard Madden's character in Game of Thrones is named Rob Stark. Yes. So my Twitter handle forever has been Rob Stark. How does that make sense then? Because it rhymes, Rob and Brob. Yes, I know. It's, I know it rhymes. I'm not I that <laughs> part. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, he's not, you know, I think it'll be a good perform. I think he's going to be good in this role. And I, and I hope, and I want, we've talked about this before, how I want, more consistent villains that are, aren't just one-off villains. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think Icarus, if he goes down that path and becomes a villain, would be a formidable foe to see go up against some of our already established roster of yeah. heroes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. Next Eternal we'll talk about is Kingo, who's played by Kumail Nanjiani. Um, he so I'll read what they have in EW about him. It says most of the other Eternals have tried to stay under the radar through the centuries, but Najiani's Kingo has done the opposite, making a living as a Bollywood star. And as an Eternal, he has the power to manipulate energy with his hands. So, um, yeah, he's a Bollywood star who has the ability to manipulate energy with his hands. That's his powers. I the the thing with this, folks, I do not know these characters at all. So this is like. We are reading the description of them. And so a lot of these power sets, I think, sound kind of vague, but we'll see what they are in the movie. Isn't that what you think, Peter? No, totally. I, and I think what, again, the casting is what's so rad about this movie, because here you have another actor who is like you're at three for three right now with recognizable actors who have this depth of talent. Like he's also so funny in everything that he's done. So I think mm-hmm. to see him in a superhero role, is similar to, I guess, Chris P- Pratt becoming Star-Lord. You see someone who you don't expect to become yeah. a superhero is a superhero. In crazy shape. Yeah, it's like gym motivation for sure. The Marvel diet workout plan seems to really work. Uh, okay, we got Sprite next. <laughs> what do we got about Sprite? I didn't. We have so many. There's so many of them. Jeez. So Sprite is uh, played by Leah McHugh. I think it's Leah. I hope I pronounced it correct. And this is a 15-year-old. What else would it be? Leah? Leah? No, it's Leah. I think you're right. Leah. So basically, her powers... 
She's really fast. It, right? No, she's not the fast one. Jesus. She's not uh, the fast uh, one. She does something. She, like, is, uh, she's, like, permanently super young. Um, I don't really know. Let's spell, look up what Sprite's powers. So control over cosmic energy, allowing cosmic, oh. allowing energy blasts and invulnerability. Oh, and Sprite's a dude in the comics. Oh, yes. Well, I think that's what's interesting is that so, I guess, a broader picture is that Eternals, they've taken liberties with swapping the genders of characters. And yeah, again, you also them. have a very ethnically diverse cast as well. So mm-hmm. I think this is, and I think that, Whereas other movies would be like, oh, I'm checking a box and checking this, this, this. I think Marvel's just done it in a way that's organic in doing it with the Eternals, who aren't supposed to be necessarily be the the template world that we've had for so long. They're more like mm-hmm. what the world looks like in reality that just yeah. don't see it translated onto screen. And if you're talking about the like how this movie is going to taste take place over thousands and thousands of years of like the evolution of humanity. You can't just tell the evolution of humanity of people who are in the United States of America. You have to go around the globe. And so that's why I think the diverse casting, like it's not checking a box. Sometimes they do it just to check a box and it's like, okay, good for you. But this one, I mean, it makes sense. Like we're not going to have a Bollywood star be played by like Hayden Christensen. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. Um, next one we got is Fastos. We'll go a little faster through these last ones because, I mean, fuck, I don't know. The, this guy is played by Brian Ty- Tyree Henry. He was in Atlanta. He's a brilliant inventor with a mind for creating weapons and technology, and he will play a big part, basically, in like aiding humanity's technological developments, which will probably lead to some guilt, is what I've read online about. Like, I basically read that. I don't know how I found this, but that he feels so much guilt for like Hiroshima or Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Is it Hiroshima or Hiroshima? Hiroshima. I feel like you could pronounce it either way, but he um, he feels guilty about that. So he's the reason that we have weapons. So shout out to him. Um, And it has also been rumored that Henry's character is openly gay and married with a family, which would make him one of Marvel's few confirmed lgbt superheroes so yeah that's a i saw people saying that that is why people don't like the movie that's why like the the reviews are kind of bad i don't really believe that well i saw that i guess i am an imdb is one of the places where people are giving it one star reviews for that specific reason but like how have any of these people even seen it like they have because they so it's like again i think it's similar to captain marvel where it's like you don't see the movie you're just saying it has this that we do not like. And yeah. so we're going to give it one star to bring down the rating so that you flop. Mm-hmm. But what I so I, I've seen that, but I've also seen like I'm pretty sure on some of these websites like Rotten Tomatoes and others, it's like only critics can. Uh, rank well, there's them. the critic side and then there's the fans. The side. critic side isn't doing well. It was at like 64 percent, which would be one less than Thor The Dark World which I find very hard to believe that something can be more worse. 
Then. Yeah, well, you would expect with the star power of this to it would do better on that alone. But I have seen from people who have seen it and they didn't spoil it or anything, but they did say that the storytelling of the movie feels a little like clunky. And it's like there's That's some weird word, clunky. Yeah. And there's some kind of like acting moments that just feel a little bit off, which is surprising with this cast. So that's what the rumor is out there. But let's keep going through these Eternals. We've got right? The fast one. Yeah. Makari. Yes, the fast one. Played by Lauren Ridloff, who is, you know, MCU's. Again, we have another. Feature. Oh, she's deaf. And she is deaf and she is played by a deaf actress as well. So it is very it's grounded in authenticity, which is great mm-hmm. because that is something that is for the deaf community, a sticking point, you know, actors that aren't deaf playing these roles. Like, so to see her. Are hmm? there deaf movie theaters? Yeah, yeah that sounds so like I think even a weird regular question. movie theaters, they give you like some kind of like glasses or something that have like the captions underneath. Really? There's a way around. There's specific ways. Yeah. That's fast. They're ones that are ADA. I think it's ADA accessible. I don't know if accessible is mm-hmm. redundant for seeing that. But, but yeah, so I think that that is something, again, that you're seeing organically happen on a screen mm-hmm. in a, someone who is a superhero. Again, we've talked about representation on the podcast before. And for some of us, it's just like really cool representation, whatever. Some of us see heroes and we still see ourselves in Spider-Man or in Thor or in, you know, it doesn't really need to see something. But I think it is still cool to see certain stuff mm-hmm. on the screen that you normally wouldn't see. Yeah, that I also my mind is kind of blown right now. I've never thought about like what deaf people do at movie theaters. So that's interesting to think about. And then the other way that this kind of makes sense for the character, Peter, is I believe she goes deaf because she runs so fast. It like breaks the speed of sound. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a way that they're like actually giving it a reason in the story rather than just like checking a box in a way. I don't know. Totally. And I like the fact that from the trailers, at least we've seen that this speed story is portrayed differently than how we've seen Quicksilver or how we've seen even the Flash in DC. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's an actual fast type situation, which I think Mm -hmm. is, is, is refreshing. Yeah, it's cool to see like the different takes people have on it. And the what's this direct is Chloe Zhao? Is that who's directing this movie? Yeah. So she's very critically acclaimed for I think like I mean mm-hmm. shit, like her cinematography. Like she just just has beautiful like just won the Oscar landscapes. Director. So mm-hmm. that'll be something that they'll take advantage of this movie, you can assume. Um next eternal is Druig, who's played by Barry Keegan. Coggin, whatever. Um he has the ability to manipulate manipulate other people's thoughts. Um, so basically, he's the one who we think has like control of a camp of humans and is playing God in a way. He's a loner, and he probably will come into uh, conflict with the main Eternals, is what I would guess. See, I, I think he's a MacGuffin. I think he is the one we think is going to like ooh. flip on them, and I think it'll be someone like Sprite or something that's like total complete what opposite. about are we do we think everyone's assuming icarus is going to go bad or could that be the answer to that i'm assuming he's bad i mean i think that yeah i don't think i don't think he would fit in as a i think he need, he's more of a counter to the good that we have in the mcu as opposed to i think he's what would happen if superman went bad oh so he's like whatever what's his fucking name uh Oh, not Wonder Man. There's this guy. 
old. There's this character in this uh, comics who that that reminds me of. I forget what his name is though. It's going to drive me insane. Um, sure, let's go to the ne- the next uh, character. Gilgamesh. Here. Gilgamesh. Played by Don Lee. Gilgamesh is extremely powerful, the strongest warrior of the Eternals. He also has a deep connection to Angelina Jolie's character, Thena. And, you know, he is, he looks cool. He looks kind of dope. It's like kind of like a human type version of what the kind of vibe that Hulk gives off when he's fighting, I feel like. Like it's going to be very mm-hmm. physical type situation, not, which is cool. But again, different things to see in the MCU. Yeah, I'm looking up right now who this freaking guy is because it's driving me insane. Um, la, 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 la. I can't find it. Fuck, what was his name? It's driving me insane. Okay, well, we'll forget that. Um, next character we should talk about is uh, Ajak, played by Salma Hayek. Um, so she is the leader, it looks like. Um, I can I say something really weird that I'll probably get like called out for? Why not? Why not? Well, who is Salma Hayek? Like everyone's acting like this is the most famous person ever, and maybe I'm just like uncultured swine. I've literally never heard of her. I have no idea who this is. And but it's so, all, like like I have no idea. So Salma Hayek is a very famous famous Mexican American actress. She okay. is had so she's very much she's very big because she made it in Hollywood also, and she's you know she's Hispanic. She's not the typical one that you expect to make it. So she's done a lot of things and has, I guess, the success that J Lo has in like being J Lo, but she has mm-hmm. it as an actual actress. Like she's got cred. Like she's okay. been in um, Frida. She's been in. Uh, Desperado from Dust Till Dawn. She does. She has a very varied career. So for her to jump onto Marvel again was a huge get for them. Because again, you have someone who's very recognizable to a lot of people. Some, I guess, not so much. Yeah, but no is also a superhero, and she's in her fifties, and uh-huh. she's you know a Hispanic female playing the leader of the Eternals. It's like kind of okay. like very unexpected. There's no way. Uh she or Angelina Jolie's character survived this movie. So I don't think she will. I don't think she will. I think, and I mean, I've seen some things maybe online. Interesting. Okay, I I found um, the person. It's Hyperion is his name. Hyperion is the guy. This is the Marvel character? It's a Marvel character, yeah. So there we go. Yeah, uh, okay. Now Jolie. What do we got about her? Yes, which is, I mean, the fact that you get Angelina Jolie in an MCU movie, in the very in her very first superhero movie, is is wild. First of all, and to have mm-hmm. her play Thena, which is one of the elite warriors of the group who can manifest weapons out of thin air. Seems I like Wonder Woman vibes. Bad. Well, yes, but also apparently the character is like dealing with like a form of dementia. Who and can't remember certain things or has blocked out certain things. So mm. again, you're seeing a you're seeing layers to these characters, yeah. which is interesting for an MCU movie. And again, you have an ensemble movie, which yeah. is you know a lot of and interesting. So it was funny because I was in class um, earlier this week and they talked about how we shouldn't expect to write a 
movie that's got like 10 plus main protagonists until like maybe seven years into your career because it's so hard to nail that many characters and i was like well i'm very curious to see this situation mm-hmm. because you have s- all these characters are very different yeah and played by such heavy hitters yeah it's, it's gonna be it's just gonna be interesting to see how they pull all this together because the thing about i guess that you're right the, the formula is guardians in a way because with avengers if you think about it they had solo movies to introduce them all first so it'd be cool to see how they tell these stories for each of these characters in such a packed movie i mean everything marvel's putting out is packed lately so um briefly peter uh so basically what i think is going to happen in this movie is that we obviously know the snap did something and the celestials probably are going to want to kill the earth because their experiments over and the eternals are going to try and stop them that is my general feel for what is going to happen in this film i think that is a very sufficient examination of the plot of this movie i think what's most I guess nice, or maybe that's not the right word, but just like that there is like literally right after the snap, is it not? It's um Yeah. I'm pretty sure she says like six days ago or Which is nice. Like we have I mean we've gotten like a couple weeks after, we've gotten a couple months after, but now we're like fully going here to this point in time. Mm-hmm. And I think that we because we kind of are again exploring what happens to the world after something of this magnitude which we saw a little bit of in the very high-ranking falcon and the winter soldier um we kind of got to see what happened to the world in the wake Mm -hmm. of all this mess that's going on and also i guess shang chi we also saw a little little bit more of a normal world but still a world recovering from the snap yeah so to see what sort of brings these characters i guess back together in a sense but here's the, my take on this movie. As I said those words, it feels very Justice League. Let's get the team together. Batman and Wonder Woman going off. Wonder Woman looking for mm-hmm. the people. Let's go find you here. Let's go find you there. Let's recruit you back into the team. Let's go face the big bad. From outer yeah, space. This is uh, has a very good chance to be like one of the worst Marvel movies, I think. You know, that's pessimistic, that's but it has a chance. Like, but it's like, can it be worse than an unredeemed Thor: Dark World, than a Captain Marvel, than a? It's I, you're right. Two. I don't know if any easy. I don't think anything. Guardians Two is so goddamn good. Uh, I don't think anything could be worse than Captain Marvel. So keep that in mind. Um, let's go to more exciting things. Uh, Bill Murray's in Ant-Man 3. Hell yeah. I love Bill Murray. He's going to be his dad. Oh, he is. That is awesome. Paul Rudd, Bill Murray dynamic will be great. I mean, not too much more on that, right? It's just, that's all we know. Just just him coming, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, now let's talk about some Doctor Strange reshoots here, Peter. What are they doing with that? Well, you know, we thought we were Doctor Strange was in the can, and the last was last week. I forget that we're weekly now. Last yeah. week we talked about how you know there, allegedly there was screenings of the movie that allegedly were met with not the greatest reaction, 
And then mm. fast forward to this week, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was on one of the morning shows talking about some projects he's working on. And he mentioned, yeah, we're going back to do reshoots, which is just kind of so funny because, like, they all, like, had, like, we're done with our character. Like, I even saw, like, Elizabeth Olsen's, like, picture of, like, her last time getting into the costume for the movie. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, nope, we're, you have to go back to do stuff. Is yeah, I, it because we're adding in more cameos? Yeah, that's what I think some other things which you have um some commentary on a character that's big to this movie oh we've got reservations about so doctor strange 2 one of the biggest marvel movies in a while i mean obviously spider-man as well but like so much in this movie is going to happen that is going to move the mcu as a whole forward rather than compared to other films like this movie i think will have the biggest effect on all the other movies. This is essentially, in my opinion, the Avengers of this little phase. Um, And so the fact that they chose to have one of the main people in this movie be America Chavez, who can punch through dimensions. I can't remember America Chavez for the life of me. She can punch through dimensions. And she, like, people want, Wanda theoretically is going to want to harness her power to look through the multiverse to find her kids. That's what we've been told. I just think it's an incredibly dumb decision to choose a character like that who is that powerful that you're introducing that quickly when in reality there's got to be other ways for Doctor Strange and Wanda to travel between universes. And I think it's dumb to put such a focus on a character like America Chavez in this movie when you have so much other shit going on that it's going to be annoying when you're in the theater and you see fucking crazy shit. And it's like, okay, now we got to go to America Chavez. I don't know. I just think it's kind of predictable that she would test poorly. I don't know why. It just, it seemed like unnecessary to add her in. And they're probably, she's not testing well because probably people are like, not that they don't like that character. It's like, why are we, you're kind of wasting our time here. We're not here for America Chavez. We're finally getting Doctor Strange in his, back in the movie and Wanda. I, I think that's the story and people are going to be annoyed when it focuses on her instead of other cameos and stuff. That was a lot, but that's just how I feel. But I think it's such a good thing because to to that point, I think the inclusion introduction of Spider-Man in Civil War was done so well. But again, you have Spider-Man who's literally a, one of the most recognizable figures yeah. in pop culture. But then he so disappears, like basically. Need, yeah, He's and you gone. don't need a whole situation what's going on you're just kind of like cool we know who this is we get the vibe but with this america chavez is such a non-recognizable character which i get they want to bring in how was she not introduced in wandavision that is where you do it you do it in disney plus like uh, what they're doing with her is literally like if in civil war right after iron man gets peter on his side it's like peter is the one who knows how to get to zemo's lab you know what I mean? And is the yeah. one leading them there. So it's just like, let the heroes do the leading, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, there's so much going on in this. We don't need to explain this character. And it's I, I should just get paid to tell people what to do in movies. Well, to that point, another situation that is potent- allegedly, we have to say allegedly, so much allegedly. 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 It's like, take a shot every time someone says allegedly on this show. Or a big word. A big Scrabble yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Um. So apparently Wanda's a little too dark, according to what oh, some yeah. of the street, some of the stuff has been saying. And to that note, personally, I am such a massive 
Wanda slash Elizabeth Olsen fan that I don't mind if my person hero gets dark. Like I'm cool with that. Yeah, if yeah. you were to tell me like Tony Stark goes dark or Steve Rogers goes dark, I'd have some issues here. Let's do it. Why not, you know, yeah. make some mess and really I, have a redemption arc that's worthy of a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the best way to use Wanda's character. And I, I, I get it why they're probably making her a little less zombie-ish because it maybe was a little scary or a little too much. I though think they should go full, not horror, but like what Wanda's doing. She, I want to see like what we saw happen in What If with Supreme Strange with Wanda, of where she changes because of the magic or the dark magic, the dark hold, all that sort of stuff. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Going similar in this movie. So, for example, to Captain America and Thor, we didn't really see the addition of more characters until movie three. Here, we're kind of doing sharing top billing in movie two for Doctor Strange, which is different. Do you think this is going to mean we get less Stephen Strange, or do you think it's going to be balanced well? Well, I think that we are going to get a lot of our strange in this. I I, I think we'll get enough of him um, because we're also going to be seeing him in Spider-Man. And we saw him in Infinity War and Endgame where I don't feel like he'll feel like a sideline character. The a worry I have about this with strange is. Let's say like the rumors are kind of true and we'll see Supreme Strange. It's going to get going to get confusing if there's like two different stranges and they're replacing each other, like that's where I just, I don't know. It kind of goes back to like my opinion with scrolls. It's like, I just want to know who I'm looking at. I, I like, I don't want to guess, tell me who it is. So, um, but I, and I, I think, to I, that note, I, think though, I think, I think people like that are the super fans and are the ones that are strongly into this, you know, it's easier to navigate those things where I have, for example, family members that are more like watch the movies and they understand the stuff, but they're not like the details. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're going to more be like, wait, who is this or what's happening? Yeah. Why am I? Who, why are these variants? So I think that it is kind of a risk. But I think what WandaVision did was really open up the MCU to more people over COVID, which I think was oh, next, yeah. was like just widen the tent. Like there's more people here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to sound negative about this movie at all. I think it's going to be great, and um, I'm very excited. I'm sure Kevin Feige's going to figure out all the little parts and how to handle it. I mean, in, in Feige, we trust. Uh, some more news before we get to some Spider-Man. Samuel L. Jackson is in the Marvels. Uh, this isn't too surprising based on the relationship we know he had with Carol back in the day, and obviously Monica gets uh, called to space at the end of WandaVision, so nothing surprising there. Um some uh, movies to expect in 2023 thunder or movies slash tv shows thunderbolts following up with uh probably uh what the fuck is his name uh the bad captain america oh oh um 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 john walker Uh, yeah john walker val and then some sort of project centered around okoye who's like the leader of the dora milaje in black panther Fantastic Four, which everyone has been waiting for. Nova, um, which 
Bands have been waiting for that for a while, so it'll be cool to see how they use Nova in the MCU, and as well as a follow-up to Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi 2. So um, I think that's going to be good. Uh, anything about those that you want to mention, or should we go to Spider-Man? You know, I think they're again. I think everything will make more sense after Doctor Strange in the March, May, April. When is it? May now. Some sad, sad May now. Years yeah. From now. Yeah, it'll make sense more when that happens. But yeah, we're going to something that the event of the 2021. What is 2021? I was like, what year are we? Yeah, I forget. It, it all blends together. Um, okay, let's talk Spider-Man 3. There's a couple of new photos that came out. Um, with, you saw the, the one that went viral that Tom Holland posted on Instagram today. Uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock doing the famous like crushing Spider-Man's head that we've seen in the past. Um so that got me really hyped. Alfred Molina is going to be awesome. Uh, but there is what there are some theories you have, and uh, I'd like you to throw them at me. All right. So I guess, and a lot of this, if you go online, you'll see this and you'll understand it. But there is this idea that at some point, Doctor Strange dips out of this movie, you know, for mm. some reason, which doesn't really make sense. But how does, because I guess it does, but it doesn't, like that he's not present for all of it. But yeah. at some point, Ned is going to wield the sling ring to open the portals. And Ned is the one that brings in the um, other Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the other Spider-Man to help Peter here. My issue there, and I have a big issue because I like my continuity, is that if I'm not mistaken, when Doctor Strange went to... Comartage. Com- Thank you. Thank you. He had to learn how to do his whole with the ring situation. It wasn't just like, I got the ring, I can open portals. Yeah, it's not like Ned spent summer camp with Wong and now knows how to use it. I think that would be really weird if he does that. I don't like that at all. Exactly. And I feel like there is that, I have this for the Funko of Spider-Man where he's wearing the suit and it's got that kind of thing. Spider-Man could do it. I'd be fine with that. I think he's going to have something or technology that will help him do it. Another thing which we did not talk about before the show, but we talked about last week, was this idea that Ned is going to have an arc of his own and become a villain in this movie, which is none other than Hobgoblin. So I've been thinking about this. Um, Enlighten me. It's impossible for me to picture a reality where Ned turns into Hobgoblin in this movie. But what I do see for this rumor is that we could see Ned throughout this movie just go through a lot with what's going on with Peter and his identity being revealed and all the shit. And basically, maybe in some sort of way, he will be harmed or someone else will be harmed and Ned will blame Peter. And so maybe in a post credit scene, we see the beginning of Ned's arc maybe of becoming Hobgoblin and maybe down the road in the next trilogy of Tom Holland movies, we see him that way. I see that. I think that's very possible. I do though. I don't think it's possible for them to do a, for him to become Hobgoblin in this movie. That just seems like a lot, you know? Oh yeah. And I feel like, again, we've got the risk of having amazing Spider-Man two Spider-Man and then Spider-Man three situation happen with this movie where we just do too much or aim for too many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But continuing our 
thoughts of what's happening. The new Empire magazine came out, and it's got Spider-Man on the cover. It looks great. Lots of little Easter eggs throughout. In there, mm-hmm. it basically says, we're not getting Sinister 6. Or yeah, is it even Sinister 5? But it's, it's not even five, Sinister though. 5. It's, it's 4. Just... We're getting Green Goblin, Sandman, Electro... Lizard, Doc, Doc Ock. Ock. Lizard. Lizard. Well... So that's the one that I didn't really... Maybe it is Lizard. So maybe it's five. It is five. So yeah, we're not it's getting five. the Rhino. Not getting Rhino. Which I guess was... I had forgotten about Rhino, but I don't... But I guess he was in the conversation at some point. They're so probably saving the Sinister situation. Six, like, name for a future movie. You know what it's I mean? It's like, like the Venom spin... Like a Venom... I think Venom will be in it when they do it. But also, yeah. this article basically has Kevin Feige saying he's very confident in the situation they've got going on with Sony and Marvel the way the deal works. I, so I definitely am someone who believes that we are getting another trilogy after this with him oh, in yeah. college. 100%. With, you know, new situations. I don't think this is the end. I think that that's meant to, like, uh, like get people more hyped to see the movie. But you don't really need... I don't need that as a hype to go see the movie. I've got plenty of hype to yeah, build off of until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, our... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say all these quotes are coming out about how this feels like the end, blah, 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 blah. It just feels like the end of that trilogy. That's what they mean. That's going to have a new director the next time they do it. Zendaya probably won't be there. Happy might not be there. Aunt May might not be there. You might get introduced to Harry Osborn and Johnny Storm and those are, or Gwen Stacy and those are Peter's friends. So they'll feel incredibly different, but I am a hundred percent confident that we will get that. This isn't the end. And to that note, I think I'm retiring. I'm tabling my this is Zendaya's last Spider-Man movie for the reason that I saw. I haven't seen Dune yet, but I've read or seen online that she's in it like eight minutes. So I fully think that she still has the ability to be in these movies. I don't think I think if you're going to be in a movie like that for eight minutes, you have time to do Mm -hmm. a role here. It'll be interesting to see. If they could balance her with a Gwen Stacy, though, you know? I don't think I can. think that would be great. One would have to character. die. Honestly. I mean, I mean, yeah, if we're going that route. So many things so, happen in these comics. Yeah. But continuing uh, our Spider-Man mm-hmm. allegedness. Allegedly. Well, not. I mean, most of us have come to... Th- someone's going to die in this movie. Or people yep. will die. And one of them is allegedly Aunt May, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But allegedly Aunt May gets the the iconic line. The iconic Great power. Parker line, which has been, honestly, it's been attached to everybody. I've heard that Doctor Strange has it at one point. I've heard that. That would be Toby the worst. Says I do it. not want Doctor Strange to say I've it because Doctor Strange is an idiot. You know, I don't think he, I think, he, I think I'm excited to see that side of Doctor Strange, the I want Toby to say side. I think Toby should say it. I don't know. I think I want Andrew to say it. But I won't be oh, mad come if on. he says it. Uh, yeah. I, I may, the, all three of those I would accept. Um, okay. Or you could have a, a hologram of Tony Stark saying it. I'm sure the internet would love that. <laughs> just, I think um, that would just break the internet. Of this. He yeah. did pen. You know how we talked about how he's kind of like done with the MCU? Yeah. He did, and so there's that book that just came out uh-huh. that's like the history of the whatever universe. He did pen this like letter for the book about his experience as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, I think he's still got some. Yeah, we want him just to be a good gracious with everyone. That's what we want. Um, all right, time for Spider-Man trivia to end the show. Let's see how we do, Peter. I'm going to share the screen with you so you can see it. Um, okay. Can you see it? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, so, oh my God. so the first so, question... What well, saying? I guess before you ask the first question, I guess disclaimer, Brian texted me and asked me, he was like, do you want to do Spider-Man or Avengers? And I said, let's do Spider-Man because it's harder and because I'm so competitive that I want the harder situation. However, he's about to read the very first question and I... They, they get better. They get better. They get better. <laughs> okay. What is Spider-Man's alter ego? It's Peter Parker. We can move on from that. Um, who is responsible for reminding Peter with great power comes great responsibility in the Sam Raimi universe? Do you want to just say it, Peter? Of course, Ben Parker. There we go. Um, how did P- Peter Parker become Spider-Man? Which one? A radioactive spider. Uh, that's a good point, actually. Um, what is the real name of the villain known as Dr. Octopus? Is Otto Octavius. Um, who played Peter Parker Spider-Man in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man? Okay, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Um, which of the following characters often bullied Peter Parker in high Flash school? Thompson. Flash Thompson. Um, which I'll read the possible answers for the other okay. ones. Okay. Which iconic villain did Tom Holland Spider-Man face off against in Spider-Man Homecoming? Vulture, Mysterio, Electro, or Dr. Octopus? It's Vulture. Come on. Um, what is the real name of Craven the Hunter? Adrian Toomes, Sergi Kravinoff, Maxwell Dillon, or Hobie Brown? It's Sergi Kravinoff. Kravinoff. Um, what is the name of Spider-Man's grumpy landlord in 2002's The Spider-Man? Mr. Flanders, Mr. Kramer, Mr. Ditkovich, or Mr. Osborne? It is Mr. Ditkovich. Mm-hmm. What is the real name of Peter Parker's clone, also known as the Scarlet Spider? Jimmy Olsen, Miles Morales, Peter Prabhakar, or Benjamin Riley? It's Benjamin Riley. Benjamin Riley. Um, who, what was Quentin Beck's occupation before becoming the supervillain known as Mysterio? Magician, doctor, special effects stuntman, or cable guy? Special effects stuntman. What, which alternative version of Spider-Man used to wield a pistol during combat? That's, uh, Spider-Man Noir. The other options, though, are Miles Morales, William Braddock, or, uh, Spider-Man 2099. It's Noir. What color is Mary Jane Watson's hair? Which or, version? Well, it's iconically supposed to be orange. However, hers is black, and I'm going black orange. And, okay, it's orange. orange. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Eric Ginger. Um, which of the following repri- reprises his role as J. Jonah Jameson from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy and Spider-Man: Far From Home? Who is that actor? Simmons. That is J.K. Simmons, folks. Wow, this is easy. Which New York City borough is Peter Parker from? Queens. From Queens. The first Electro is one of Spider-Man's most dangerous adversaries. What is his real name? Electro's name, ladies and gentlemen, is Maxwell Dillon. Which of the following actresses portrays a younger version of Aunt May in Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home? Marissa Tomei. Mm -hmm. Who was the original Spider-Woman? Jessica Jessica Drew. Drew. We have not missed Which one. allegedly is arriving soon. What? Who is the secret alter ego of Spider-Man from, 29, from Spider-Man 2099? It's Miguel O'Hara. It just blows my mind how much of this is stored in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Which member of the Fantastic Four does Spider-Man replace after they pass away? Pretty sure it's the thing. Yeah. 
No, it was Human Torch. Wow. Dang it. Did not know that. That's our first one wrong. What was the name of Peter Parker and Mary Jane's daughter? May. Um, which of the following villains was not featured in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Kingpin, Green Goblin, Tombstone, Mysterio. Fuck, I haven't seen that in a while. I haven't. Uh, I Kingpin's for sure in it. Mysterio, is it? I think it's Mysterio. I, I don't remember Mysterio in that. Yeah. Which of the following actors portrayed Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2? Alfredo Molina. Is that his full name, Alfredo? Uh, I don't think it is. Which actor played Peter Parker Spider-Man in the 1970s live-action TV series, The Amazing Spider-Man? Whoa. That existed? I don't. I guess. Um, let's go with Nicholas. No, let's go with Mark Harmon. Nope. Oh, should have guessed Nicholas. <laughs> Spider-Man made his first appearance in which of the following comic books? Tales to Astonish, The Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy number 15, or Marvel Tales? I'm pretty sure it's Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yes. Yeah. Which of the following characters was not featured in Spider-Man Far From Home? The Vulture, Nick Fury, J. Jonah Jameson, and Talos. Vulture. No, yeah. Which of the following women is not one of Peter Parker's ex-friends? Oh, wait. No, just kidding. Right? uh, No, I think Kitty Pryde's the answer. Oh, no, it's Squirrel Girl. That's weird. J. Jonah James' son, John Jameson, is also the super-powered being known as Man-Wolf. He gets, he's like, when he goes to the moon or some mm-hmm. shit. In Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, who voiced Uncle Aaron, a.k.a. The Prowler? Mahershala Ali did. Who was the very first villain Spider-Man ever fought in The Amazing Spider-Man number one? He fought the, I'm pretty sure he fought uh, the chameleon first. Did he? I was going to say Dr. Octopus, but yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, it's the chameleon. Why did Stan Lee use a hyphen in Spider-Man's name? A printing era error? It was usually Steve Ditko's idea um, to avoid confusion with Superman, so fans didn't mistake the character for a spider. Probably so fans didn't mistake the character for a spider, right? Yeah, yeah, because I feel like Superman's too easy, nope. but- Oh, to avoid commission trust my gut. Mm. What's the... Okay, that we're not even asking. Um, yeah, so we're we're good. We went through that whole one. We'll find a better quiz next week, folks. It's hard to find good quizzes because they're either too easy or they don't exist. So if you know of a good quiz, just let us know. Shoot it, shoot it to the DM. Yeah, the pineapple couch. We would really appreciate that. Um, Peter, episode 127. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, God bless, you know. Free the people, right? <laughs> yes. So yes. That's how yes. we'll end Don't it. forget that in Kevin Feige, we trust. In Kevin Feige, we trust. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.